Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. Each week, we will sit down with a guest and chat about news and events related to women in the sport and hobby of pinball. Now here's your host, Lauren Gray. Welcome, everybody. It's the Backbox Pinball Podcast. I'm back from hiatus. Ah, oh, I loved it. I needed to take some me time. I missed y'all, though. And seriously, all the things have gone down. September has turned into a hot month for pinball. And I am really excited about my guest today. I kind of talked about her when I was talking to Allison. She did this amazing film documentary, and we're going to talk about that today. Help me welcome, from Seattle, Washington, cinematographer, director, and all-around creative babe, Please help me welcome Candace Fields. Yay! Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today. So happy to have you on the show. Candace, for our folks in the audience who may not know who you are, tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you started in your film career and also in pinball and kind of where you're at today. Yeah, I started film probably, let's see, my journey to filmmaking is a long one. I started with photography, I did digital photography, and then I switched over to the dark room style, you know, developing printing 35 millimeter. And then I was in community college at the time doing that and trying to figure out what I wanted to do uh, for a career. And then I uh, took a film course and a, a digital uh, media course that was sort of like my segue into moving pictures. And that just sort of um, transitioned seamlessly. And I started, you know, picking up video cameras, digital video cameras and making short films and um, making like mock music videos because I love music videos um, and I always have. So, yeah, I um, let's see, that was in like 2009. So it's been, yeah, 11 years in the making. And uh, I went to. Seattle University to finish up my degree in film studies. So I am a film nerd. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I've been in the industry, though, for probably about seven years now. And pinball, my intro to pinball was at a very young age, actually. My dad is a pinball wizard. And he used to work at this place that had um, Adam's family and What's the castle? Medieval yeah. Madness. Medieval Madness. Sorry, it's been a long time since I've seen a pinball machine now. I know. Same. Uh, same. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they had those two machines on free play in their break room. And so he'd put a little step stool because I was like a teeny tiny person. Aww. And I would just like mash, you know, the bumpers and I had no idea what I was doing, but I liked all the sounds. And I loved Adam's Family, the movie. As a kid, that was like my first machine that I ever played on. And then cut to living in Seattle and I got taken to Attaball by a friend of mine who was like, you probably love this place. You love games, you know, you love tabletop uh, games. And so we went there and there was a sign above the change machine that was like every first Thursday women's only tournament. And I was like, what? So yeah, that in Babes in Pinland, like I started going to that and won one of those tournaments The like four-year anniversary tournament. I got this rad trophy that Maureen Hendricks made. And um, yeah, I just fell in back in love with pinball as an adult. So here I am. <laughs> I love it. No, and that's a common thread. A lot of the the women I've had on the show, you know, mm -hmm. they start that whole, I was into pinball as a kid and then I rediscovered in adulthood. Yeah. I love that sense of discovery because it was the same for me as well. I think that's awesome. And I love the little Candace on a step stool. I, yeah, I love like, seeing kids on step stools whenever they're like getting up there and they're like, you know, ho hovering over the glass because they can't quite see everything. It's totally adorable. They're just rocking it. They're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just smashing the little bu buttons, you know? Yeah. So cute. Super cute. Yeah. Listeners, this would be back in, I believe, April. Um, mm -hmm. There was the premiere of the Babes in Pinland short documentary. And the first time I saw it, I was like, this is rad. This is awesome. I'm like, I love it. And there was so much about it that I really enjoyed. What led you to like, you know, Basin Pinland documentary? Like, where did that yeah. kind of come together? You know, I work in the industry as an assistant, a camera assistant. And I've just been working my way up through the ranks, you know, doing it old school, as some people call it, because nowadays people can just have money and buy a camera and call themselves a cinematographer, which is... <laughs> annoying. <laughs> so, you know, I want to 
create my own work at the same time. And so I had this idea. I was like, man, like pinball is such a like visually stimulating uh, activity. And I love that there's just like a space for women, you know, women with an X, like all inclusive space for like competitive play, you know? And uh, it's just, it just felt like special to me. And so I was like, I wonder if Maureen would be interested. So I was like, can I take you out for a drink? You know, we went to the unicorn and I just sort of pitched it to her. I was like, I don't know how long I want to make it, but I kind of just want to make like a little piece, you know, that showcases babes, showcases my talents and, you know, see where it goes. And honestly, it was just supposed to be like a couple minute little like sizzle reel for babes so they can put it on their website. And then it just like grew into this, short form documentary which I love and that's just how like documentary works a lot of the time is like you think it's gonna be this teeny thing and then suddenly you're like and now I have this whole big thing um (laughs) I have all all this film Uh, I have all these interviews and all this like b-roll or whatever and it's like what do I do with it uh yeah yeah, I I was an RTF major for quite some time before I switched my major so I know enough to like know the buzzwords and know what you're talking about but like Mm -hmm. I had to take where we had to shoot inside a studio in class I was terrible at it I, I was like obviously film is not for me. I'm going to take the F out of RTF and I'm just going to stick with the R part. Uh, hence why I have a podcast. But yeah. I mean, listeners, I got, so I had to kind of deep dive on into Candace a little bit and she does have an amazing resume. Um, she's done a little bit of everything, you know, like film, live TV, you know, a lot of different things. So I can see you like as somebody who can kind of read and know what you're doing, yeah. um, kind of seeing you rise from the ranks. I, I think that's really interesting. And it, that lends a lot to the film. And cool. so, so for listeners, those of you who haven't seen it, of course, I'm going to include a link in the show notes. Um, it's yeah. about an eight minute film and it talks about the history and like kind of a who, what, where of Babes in Pinland. And Babes in Pinland is an all women's pinball league and they are amazing you guys know i like have super love for my ladies of the pacific northwest we have maureen was guest number two on this podcast and she's been featured a couple of times and we've had kayla and a whole bunch of other people (laughs) on the show and she's terrific and kayla's terrific i mean they're so knowledgeable and they're just badass players to boot yeah Um, i love them both so much i just want them to know that (laughs) when they hear this because like they yeah kayla was the tournament runner when I first started going and quickly changed over to Maureen. And I was like, Oh, I wonder what's going on, you know, there. And it was like a schedule conflict. And she even talks about that in the um, doc, but yeah, both of them are just so um, welcoming and like communicative and just, um, I don't know. So uh, perfect for tournament runnership they both have like such a good vibe and they infuse that vibe i feel like i know let me phrase that i've never been to a babes meet but i know that from pictures and just like the people i've met that are part of babes i'm like Mm -hmm. they sound hella fun so um it sounds like such a, a, a cool place to be and one of the things I really liked about the documentary, um, you know, you had that feel like you were at like a league meet, like it had that kind of fun sense of like, oh, I feel like I'm part of like, I'm one of the babes. I'm like, it, that, it had that feeling to it. And, and one of the things I really liked about your documentary was the lighting. Um, oh, first wow. of all, all of us. So I might have some rando strangers that listen to this who have never played pinball in their life. But if you're here, you've probably played pinball and you yeah. know how hard it is to take a picture in a freaking arcade. <laughs> I mean, it is not <laughs> suited to picture taking. But yeah. with not only the Babes documentary, but I looked at some of your other work. I loved um, the um, is, was it Beat Bill? Like you did a couple of different oh, yeah, um, music Bill. videos mm-hmm. and a couple of other different things on your website. And, but you use lighting as a character. Like it's like this other part of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. I thought the lighting you captured throughout the whole entire documentary was beautiful. Like it just added to the atmosphere. I mean, how hard was that to light? Because even I'm like sitting there like, dude, uh, well, that, like, it's rough. Like, yeah, the B-roll <laughs> was just, on my lens, I had some fast lenses, which means like, you know, they can capture a lot of light in very little light. And um, I basically had them wide open. So for film nerds, they're going to be like, shot it wide open and everything's sharp. Like, that's like the highest compliment I can get. So thank you. Um, but yeah, 
the the interview was intentionally lit. Um, both of the interviews were intentionally lit, and I love that room that we got to use. That's in Attaball upstairs, uh, and yeah, I mean, I just basically utilized what I had because I was the only one shooting it, and um, I think like. I think I had, you know, I was in coordination with the people who run the spaces and with Maureen to make sure that like things were a little brighter than normal so that we could see. (laughs) You know, it was very true. You guys, I mean, I feel the light. So you had like, there were like essentially like three spaces. You had a B roll at like a secondary space. You had the upstairs space at Attaball and then you had the actual like event in the Attaball space. Mm -hmm. And you can tell like, this is brighter than normal, but it looks perfect because it adds this kind of like moody ambiance. So you can see everybody, but you still get the glamor and the lights of the machines. So it was really, it was just really well done. I was like, yeah. if, I was like, if nothing else, I have to tell Candace that I love the lighting in her documentary because yeah, I was like, it's so you. hard to light a we, freaking yeah. arcade. My <laughs> editor and I, Nikki, uh, we painstakingly, frame by frame, like clip by clip, like colored the film too. So there was a bit of post production that boosted some of that, but most of it was caught in camera. And um, I am very meticulous when it comes to grading and color grading my films so <laughs> <laughs> no you there can tell some work tell. in there yeah it looked really great so when I was you know looking at your work you know when you have the credits roll um I didn't realize this was crowdfunded so you kind of did this through Indiegogo mm-hmm. um you had a lot of people contribute um do you people, feel yeah. I mean yes you're kind of coming up through the ranks but do you feel like Indiegogo Kickstarter do you feel like that's like the next generation of filmmaking Oh, to be able 100%. to tell yeah. those types of stories. Yeah, I love that those platforms exist because I feel young filmmakers and young people like who identify as like middle lower class don't have access to rich friends or like a studio that's going to front them money for their projects. So I think that those platforms are amazing in the sense that people who are interested in you or interested in your work can contribute like this much, you know, a little bit and feel like they were part of it and support their friend or their like partner or their family uh, in, you know, making things like that. Um, All that money too was to pay my editor who she, Nikki, uh, I think she did like 50, 60 hours of editing on this eight minute film. So I wanted to compensate her for her time and she was insistent that I didn't, but I was like, girl, come on. <laughs> like you need to be paid for your work. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, Ruby who made the music too. So I made sure that they had money and that was all that I had intended to do. And then we made some extra. So I got a little, little something, little, a little, little something for cake. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was more than I could ever ask for. And I'm again, like so happy that platforms like that exist for, up and coming people who don't necessarily have like access to funds, you know, to make things like that happen. Yeah. Cause there's this, like this, this film world for, for our listeners and, you know, producers, though, that's your money people. And unfortunately that those producers, it's like this really tight knit group and it's really hard to kind of tell different stories because, yeah. you know, the, the access to the funding isn't there. So I think that it's really interesting, you know, that this crowdfunding is becoming more and more, more like I love documentaries. It's one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on <laughs> is I'm a documentary nerd. So I'm like, cool. I, I'm seeing so many more interesting stories. And as I, you know, you look at the credits and it's funded by Kickstarter, funded by Indiegogo. So mm-hmm. I, and I saw the, um, you know, shot of like special thanks to the Indiegogo supporters. Okay. Shout out to Jean. Love Jean. Jean's a fan <laughs> of the show. But it was, yeah. um, it was just really, really interesting to, to see that and kind of like, oh, this is cool. Like we got to tell a story because people cared enough to, they're like, I want to hear different stories and, and contributed yeah. money. And I, and I had wanted to get your, your view on that. And yeah. I love the fact that you're in the Pacific Northwest because we think of the film industry being LA, New York mostly mm. LA. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you feel that being in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle, do you feel that it kind of influences how and what you want to like create and the stories you want to tell? Yeah, I definitely think that the Northwest has had an influence on like the stories that I want to tell and the stories that I've helped tell, like a couple films I've worked on are very like mood based, you know, very moody and like authentic feeling. Um, 
one of the films that I worked on that you may have seen on my credits on like IMDb or elsewhere uh, was Captain Fantastic with Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, that movie was so much fun to be a part of because it was like, oh, this is like the the essence of the Northwest in a lot of ways. Um, and then, yeah, like some of the pieces I made, like with Brave Bill, that music video, it was raining all day. <laughs> and like, you can see that it was wet out. And like, I feel like we captured some of what it is to be in like the South end of Seattle. Um, yeah. I didn't really realize that until I was like looking at some of my friends work who are in like the South, like, or, um, in LA or in Texas or, you know, like um, the style is very different and the stories are very different. So I feel like it's just a mood shift more than like, a story shift because I feel like a lot of the stories I see are maybe similar but um there's more grit up here I feel (laughs) and you know there's this idea that you know it's a Pacific Northwest everybody's driving a Prius and you know it's very like you know hipster crunchy and I feel that like I was like if you're really there in Seattle and just the Pacific Northwest it's a it's kind of a more gritty place than people give it credit for and I think there are a lot of interesting stories to tell you're mostly a documentary filmmaker what are some things that you like about documentaries or maybe you don't like you're like why did they do it this way or I wouldn't have touched that subject with a 10-foot pole or do you feel like there's like all the stories to tell I feel like documentary well so I think the reason I'm drawn to documentary is that like I kind of come from a, a history of just documenting life like my photography background I was on the high school newspaper as a photographer for like two years that I was there. And then I became an editor and did like some, I did the photo editing and, and was like, you know, in a leadership role there, but I loved capturing sports and getting like just the right moment, you know, that like, like showcases what was happening there or, you know, and I, went to all these um, photography like job conventions. It was strange. There's a, there's like a couple in the Bay area is where I grew up. And um, I met all these SF journal, like uh, photo journalists that would go to places all over the world and capture these like insane photographs. And I was like, wow, that's just like, it's so moving. Like a thing that I learned in college was this idea of punctum, which is like the, feeling an image evokes like it creates movement inside like emotional movement and so I was just always drawn to that and I feel like documentary often incites that more than narrative filmmaking I feel like it's more rewarding to be a documentarian at times because I don't know I pride myself on being like an ethical filmmaker as well because a lot of documentarians are really like borderline like non-consensual and like rude and documenting things that are like whoa like maybe that shouldn't ever be a thing that you document you know uh I'm thinking of um there's a documentary called the act of killing have you ever seen that oh god no that just sounds terrible (laughs) it actually was I watched it in college and it was actually very interesting the documentarian insisted on having these people like reenact they're not in like a cinematic way, but reenact or like point to places where they like killed people. And it was really raw and intense. And I had like feelings of borderline, like, Oh, I don't know if this should have been made, but also it was well done. And the, there was a lot of consent talk all throughout with the people they were documenting. So it was, it, you know, like, I feel like there's just like, so many more raw elements to documentary that is really alluring to me. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel more drawn to it. I lucked out with being with a partner who also like really nerds out about documentaries. So we'll like find Mm -hmm. it. And I just, I find out all these like interesting stories or get to like glimpse these interesting lives that like would never like really touch mine. Like uh, one of like my uh, partner's favorite documentaries is writing giants, which is about big wave surfing. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting. And it's like, I never, I'm like, okay, y'all, if you knew me, I like like the ocean, but I'm not going to be riding big waves, but it's just 
hearing those stories and just like just all the just the random stories that documentary film making lends itself to is just really interesting. So yeah. kind of circling back to babes. So you had like, as you said, 50 plus hours of, you know, time editing. What, what did you want to craft? Like, what was the story that you really wanted to tell with that babes documentary? Was it, I mean, you got a lot of interesting, you know, backstory with, you know, Kayla, who is the founder of babes in Pinland. And then you have Maureen, who's kind of the current director, kind of, she is the current director. <laughs> but um, you have like kind of this, he is the current director yeah. of Bays and Pinland. Um, but you have this kind of whole narrative, like, you know, where it was yeah. and where, where, you know, is now. Um, what was that like having to edit that? Because I feel like, you yeah. know, there's this idea of like, I've shot everything and now I'm going to edit it into a story. Yeah, I wish that I had my original questions because I'm like a journaler, you know, I write yeah. down everything and I had this like list of questions and I honestly when I started it I didn't know what I wanted it to be like but as I talked to Maureen it sort of like popped other questions into my head and that's an, another thing I love about documentary is like the more you inquire the more questions come up and the more you develop this like well-rounded view of something a subject or somebody um it's got a lot of, it can have a lot of depth. And basically what ended up happening with my editor is she gave me like two different versions of like what the story could be. Like it could just be like facts about what babes in Finland is like where it happens, you know, cause that was the initial idea I had was to make like a sizzle reel of babes to get more people aware of what's happening at out ball once a month. Then it was like, also there's this really tender community that cares for each other supports each other uplifts each other teaches one another like does all this stuff in like a sort of community-based thing and I was like that's what babes is to me is it's a community so we turned the editing towards finding bits about how babes has morphed into more than just a once monthly all women's tournament playing pinball it's become like that and a place to come see your friends that you don't get to see very often once a month and a place to like have a good time and not be stressed about like the patriarchy grinding you down so (laughs) sorry for swearing but yeah like you'll get beeped but that's okay i had all the feelings i was like i literally was texting people i was like i miss you so much i like i want to go to a bell's meet i thought it was interesting because i i still got the facts of you know Mm -hmm. what you were intending but it was just well crafted into this really interesting story and i'm like but it was like eight minutes and i'm like it's perfect it's a little longer but it's not like you know my whole life i I hope like I don't know how the film industry works in this sense, but I hope yeah. you enter it in like some stuff. You know, I know there's a lot of film festivals and things like that. I was like literally like, I'm not yeah. saying this because I super dug <laughs> it and I'm not saying it because it's about pinball, y'all, but it's a really good documentary. I'm like, yes. I was like, this could be like in festivals <laughs> and stuff. Well, so I submitted it to um Cinema on the Bayou and it got in. Congratulations. And, yeah, and thank you. It it had the worst slot ever though it was like 9 a.m on a saturday (laughs) Um, and i couldn't i couldn't afford to go see my own film premiere at a festival so there's that (laughs) but um i'm really happy that it did get some recognition and they were really excited to put it in the festival I also submitted to two really big festivals. One is a full frame documentary film festival, which is like the biggest one in the U S and it didn't get in, which I was like, I didn't think it would because they have so many submissions. Like it's more of a numbers game than like, you know, like your content. It's more of like, we've got all this amazing content. They told me it was like 2 million films. (gasps) Oh my God. So yeah, I was just waiting in a sea of like other people's stuff. So, and then I submitted to SIF and I was actually really shocked that SIF did not, um, take my film i don't know i w- i was like actually, and stiff is the seattle international film festival yeah it's about seattle stuff like oh. i know and um yeah i'm a little bitter about that i was like really i'm a femme filmmaker we had an all femme crew and basically all femme cast and uh we did yeah like yeah. the entire film was women from the top down you know and it was about a thing that happens in the city. And so I was just like, 
what? <laughs> so that was disappointing, but I did submit it and I did give it a little, um, a little tour marathon of like film submissions. And then I was sort of like, I don't really know like what else I'm trying to do with the film. So I'm just going to premiere it and put it on the internet, which is why we did it in April. Cause I was waiting to hear back from SIF and waiting to hear back from full frame. They have like a policy where it's like, you know, you can't premiere it online. Like we want, we want first dibs if it gets in. And so that's why I waited a while. Cause it was done in December last year. Um, but I had to wait and it was so hard because I really wanted to share it with Maureen. She didn't see it until the premiere. Oh, so. nice. <laughs> and yeah. It was so much fun. So you guys, so they premiered it in April, like, hey, COVID. And so they did it all online. It was, I think it was via Zoom. And everybody was. It was Zoom and Twitch. Twitch. That's Twitch, right. Okay. Yeah. And it was so much fun. Like there was a really cool vibe, you know, even though we couldn't be like together, together, we were still together. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I was I so excited to like get an invite and like, come and like watch it. I'm like, of course I'll go watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought you guys did a great job, like putting that all together. It seems like, you know, as we move forward, you know, we were premiering on Twitch. We're doing all these things at home because, you know, Earth is closed, as I've said. Mm-hmm. So um, do you think as a documentary filmmaker, like I see like all these cinemas and things shuttered and closed. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like as a documentarian that you are now creating for a phone? Like is your like you're creating yes. for an <laughs> iPad? Because yeah, it, it we were talking about this and he was upset because he's like, I want to go to a movie theater and watch a movie. Like it's yeah. different than watching it on That's TV or an iPad. Like, and yeah, do, but yeah. do you, as a, as you, as a content creator, like yeah. how, does that affect how you create things? Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, with babes, I imagined it and I shot it for like I shot it in higher resolution than I normally have because I was like, I think it might go on a big screen. So I would like it to look nice, you know? And um, so I did that. I had a little for forethought to, you know, make it a little larger than I normally shoot. i usually have shoot in 1080 because people watch it on their damn phones. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> fine, I'll put it in a, in a format that, you know, is accessible. And while on the one hand, I am excited that people have hand computers and can watch, you know, my stuff on their phone, like mobily. It's also just so sad to me that I've entered film in a time when like, less and less people go to theaters, they want to VOD, you know, they want to stream it at home. And not a lot of people have like big TVs or like invest in that because they're just kind of like, Oh, whatever. It's it's whatever. It doesn't matter to me. And I'm like, it matters to me. You know, I'm like, oh, it matters. But you uh, know, I, yeah. I have to say, and I'm listeners, I'm gonna take a moment here. <laughs> I I in San Antonio, we Austin's right up the road from us. We're about 90 miles drive from Austin. That is like the film capital of Texas. They do a lot of film stuff there. San Antonio, we are starting to have more of a film community. And I had an opportunity to go to the San Antonio Film Festival. Listeners, if you have never been to a film festival, go. Like, it's an incredible opportunity to see films from, like, documentaries, short films, feature films. They do um, all these filmmakers that you would never heard of that, you know, they don't have a lot of money. Like, you know, they don't have big producers and things like that. Exactly. And a lot of, like, the stuff we had in San Antonio was shot in South Texas. So Mm -hmm. we were, like, super excited. I think I saw a metal documentary. I saw, like, a bunch of different (laughs) things. It was really interesting. And, you know, I want to encourage just, I miss theaters. I, I agree with my partner. But I, I encourage listeners if you've never been to a film festival once earth and earth opens back up and we're all okay and covid's over <laughs> if you get an opportunity go to a film festival it's a lot yeah. of fun and you can support people like candace so yeah. all right if you go to the one you, like you know you'll, you'll go get, check it out but so what do you got on the horizon right now what are you, are you working on anything right now or or what are you doing um, but, you know, next year or so. Yeah. I have a short experimental movement film. That's <laughs> what I'm calling it. Uh, that I actually shot during quarantine. We, me and a friend of mine who's a dancer. Is that the one with the sparklers? Did I see something? She, that's her actually. Okay. Maya, uh, she and I were talking and we're like, God, this sucks. Like we just, I had, and I had plan. Everyone had plans this year that would just, you know, got tossed out the window. 
but I fully had the intention of, I had a new music video on the horizon. I had, you know, a, I was wanting to get on somebody's feature film to shoot it for the first time. I'm like, you know, why not now? And then COVID was like, shut, shut everything down. But we decided to collaborate and get creative. And so I shot through her apartment window, a full day's worth of um, life in quarantine and some movement thrown in. So uh, right now I'm working on that slowly, but surely I'm like, you know, just letting, letting creative juices flow when they want to. And I have my friend Ruby making music for that again too. So I'm very excited about that. I love the music, by the way, from oh. the Babes in Pinland documentary. It was really good. Um, <laughs> this is really like y'all. It was like this yeah. really cool like ambiance. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. It was great. Yeah. Um, she was. Uh, I was like, can I download yeah. this? It's cool. But <laughs> I um, is amazing. She's a drummer. Uh, the, I met her because she plays in the band Thunder, <laughs> who's local to Seattle. I have heard of them. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she used to play with them, and then uh, you know parted ways create you know like totally on good terms and started a new band called no baby which i made a music video for them which was a single take music video it was fun i was watching yeah. this i'm like oh it's one take <laughs> all right let's see how this goes and it was so much fun to watch it was so fun to make too uh, listeners i'm gonna put a link to candace's website which has um some of the things she's worked on including the bells documentary and there is a piece like that kind of summarizes everything she worked on in 2019. And the thing I remember about it is this like a really atmospheric like dancer with like sparklers. And I was like, oh my God, I have all the feelings about this. I was like, that looks so cool. I was like, it's so yeah. great. I mean, I love sparklers. I had, you know, sparklers yeah. at my wedding. <laughs> I just like things on fire. Like I told, Me I have a too. friend. I have a friend who unfortunately is going through divorce. I'm like, dude, I'm like, we'll go get like, you know, it did not work out. I was like, do you want to burn some stuff? I, w- I was like, I'll make it happen. We can burn some stuff. And he's like, why do you like to set things on fire? I was like, it's very like ceremonial. It's yeah. cleansing. It's going to be great. And he's just like, I'll let you know. And I'm like, I'm just saying I got some matches. Like, we can make it work. The door is open. <laughs> <laughs> but so I have that coming up and I am working again, which is great. I'm not like super stoked on what it is but uh it is a reality show so this is a judgment-free zone you gotta eat you gotta pay the electricity and people watch reality tv i'm like what are you gonna do and it's like all right whatever you know so i'm camera assisting again on that and um just trying to you know get my bag because this year was super hard uh not being able to work you know i can't work from home being a filmmaker so yeah that's kind of one of those things you can't dial in there candace as we come to the end of the show i mean i've had so much fun chatting with you and and learning about the documentary and and about your process what i wanted to do listeners as you know i have like the one segment which (laughs) is inside the pinball arcade but since Candace is a filmmaker, I decided to make this film flavored. So I'm very excited. So it's kind of a, a, a little play on it. And we're going to call it um, Inside the Pinball Film. So yay. So we're going to have some film flavored questions. Are you ready to play? I am ready. All right, Candace. Question number one. What pinball machine do you love? I had to put two. But okay. the first one that came to mind was Black Knight. I love that table. Do you like the original? Like, which Black Knight? Do you like the older Black Knight or the Black Knight Sword of Rage, the new one? I like them both. <laughs> but I like do the like judgment the free old zone. one. The old yeah, the- one is probably the one I would play over the new one. Yeah. Because there's the, there's Black Knight, yeah. then there's Black Knight 2000, and then there's Black Knight the Swords of Rage, which is the new one. So they're think, all, like, fun. Yeah, I think it's 2000. Because I'm thinking of, um, there's a, a pinball arcade here called uh, flip flip ding ding and mm-hmm. i think they have black knight 2000 okay all right nice yeah. choice yeah <laughs> it was that or the game of thrones table. oh game of thrones which we are fans of because we do we did interview the voice of game of thrones here on oh, the Backwards hey, Football podcast cool. yeah it was super fun super fun shout yeah. out kate girl hi <laughs> so uh so you said you had two yeah those were the two black knights were the t- 2000 or the game of thrones table it was like Nice. They were like neck and neck for me. <laughs> Mostly like the sounds for both are fun. And then also like 
I actually enjoy like killing it at those tables. I'm like, yes, you know, like when I'm getting a high score, I'm like, woohoo! It's like very rewarding. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I love it. All right, question number two: What pinball machine do you hate? Taxi. Hate it. <laughs> <laughs> hate it. You, I don't. You feel like very passionate it. about that. Yeah. Like every taxi I've ever played at a tournament just totally like drain, just drains me. And I'm just like, <laughs> she has made a hand Stop gesture it. listeners. So. It, taxi, taxi. <laughs> I don't like you anyway. You know? And I feel like it's one of those things where like in a tournament, I'm like, please don't get taxi. Please don't get taxi. And then they're like, you're on taxi. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we would usually ask you what your favorite pinball sound or sound package is. But since you're a mm-hmm. filmmaker, I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite film score? I literally like so many movies came to mind, but um, what a, a movie I will like rewatch and watch all the time is uh, Terminator 2. So I love that soundtrack because it just is like very uh, like reminiscent of my childhood. I watched it a lot as a kid. <laughs> T2. Yes. Oh my yeah. God. I, we'd have to have a separate side conversation. Like I, we watched that so much growing up. We had the VHS and like, oh, finally, yeah. like I hit, like I was like, I hit it for my brother and then we couldn't remember where we hit it. And he was so oh, upset. No. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to watch T2. Again. Did you ever watch a VHS so much that it had like burnout areas from just like. Yeah, <laughs> we had a couple. So yeah, it's rough. But yeah, no, I, but the soundtrack to T2 is excellent. Like, I mean, you had Guns N' Roses and the music from it. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah, really like, good. It integrates well. Like sometimes I feel like somebody just slapped a score on this film and like, it doesn't even like yeah it. yeah you're just like <laughs> distracted by it more than anything you know um yeah. yeah like i hate distracting soundtracks i can't think of one right now because i'm just like nope because <laughs> you don't want to keep it in your brain it. yeah <laughs> yeah all right question number four if you could do a feature film this is a full-length feature film on any subject book or event what would it be and why so that was hard too because there's so many things I could do. I was like, Oh my God, the whole wide world is open to me. But I thought of, um, have you, do you read comics? I've just gotten into comics. So, okay. um, I read some, so what would you like to do it on? This comic saga is like my, it's my favorite. It's my favorite ever. And I was like, it would be so visually stimulating and such an epic story. It's, um, there are nine volumes thus far, and it's still not done. There's supposed to be three more. So it would be like a feature film series, much like, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get that. And I think that e- there are so many comics out there. I've just started getting into comics, y'all. You know, I was talking about Webtoon the other day. It was like ridiculous. Yeah. But um like I saw that they're remaking Dune. I'm like, why do we need to remake Dune? Like, let's tell new I'm stories. About the I am. It looks cool. It. Um, <laughs> the, people who, the people who wrote for it, the people who shot it, are people I like semi know through like you know industry people, and they're all so talented. So I'm like, yes, like because Dune was such a cool book. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I, sometimes I'm annoyed by like man, people can't be creative and like just come up with their own like worlds and stories. But like, I feel like that one I've always kind of wanted to see in visual representation. I'm pretty sure there's a comic about it. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I, that's my knee jerk reaction. Whenever I see a remake, I'm like, what? We don't have other stories. Are we out? Did we run out of stories? I'm like, like, with Dune, I, that was my knee jerk reaction. I'm like, we already have Dune. Kamal Glaufflin, thank you very much. Staying, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, we already got it. And then I'm like, ah, oh, this looks kind of cool. Not gonna lie. Uh, the trailer was like, was like, okay. I I could I could be down with this. I could yeah. be down with it. I was like, so so more to come. Yeah, I think it is. That's more a to come. <laughs> but I like that. And uh, listeners, we'll put a link to uh, Saga in the uh, note show notes oh, so yeah. you guys can check right. it out. So and. 
All right. I had to ask you because it's kind of like asking a pinballer, like, what are your five favorite games? You're a filmmaker. What are your five? What's your top five favorite films? (sighs) Well, Children of Men is number one. Uh, If you've never seen it, please watch it. It's dystopian and dark, but also like very beautiful. It's I cite it as the film that made me want to make film. Oh, wow. It's a favorite for sure. Uh, there's so many fun cinematic devices, like visual devices they use. Um, it's just, yeah, hands down. Number one, I always say that (laughs) when people ask, but then, um, my other favorites are Birdman single take feature film. Hello. That's like dream come true. (laughs) The story is just really interesting too. Like the arc of, Michael Keaton's character and just, uh, I don't know, all of it. I read, I'm a super nerd and I always am like, if I love a film, I'm like, how did they do this? And so I find like behind the scenes articles, they were doing like musical chairs with lighting and cameras and like all the crew was like literally choreographed, like dancing to get the single take to work. And I'm just like, oh, love it. Um, Death Proof is in there too. I love Death Proof. I don't like Quentin Tarantino because he's a jerk. <laughs> Death Reef is just so fun. I love a revenge story and I love like femme protagonists just killing it. And they do that. And I also love, um, oh my God, I'm going to blank on his name. The actor that's in it. Have you seen that movie? I have not. I know what you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. Now we're going to go to consult for Google. Uh <laughs> oh, it's a uh Kurt Russell. Yes, Kurt Russell. I love. Oh Russell. yeah, okay. I and I was I knew it was a Tarantino film. I've never seen it, but I love Kurt Russell. Like he's yeah. one of my favorite actors. Like so fun. He just chews up scenery. It's like one of those things where it's like when you put him in a film, you're like, dude, that's kind of rough to act against somebody like him because it's like you just yeah. He's- yeah, and he's in he's in some of my other favorite movies, but they didn't make the top five. Um, oh, he's in my my top five includes Big Trouble in Little China, which is a uh, like the bestest film ever. I know there are people who yeah. want it to be a pinball machine, but yeah, that's like that's actually that my number five pinball machine for yeah. sure. Yeah, so Death Proof, so Birdman, Death Proof, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, last night for probably I don't know. We've seen it so many times together, but yeah, I Mad Max is just I I think the things that get me are like the atmosphere. It's so well shot. It's so well put together in the edit. You know, like everything just works together to make the film feel like you're like there in this crazy dystopian future, and. I love that they didn't turn it into a love story between Max and Furiosa. I'm like, thank yeah, you. no, I think it was thank you. Like, it doesn't <laughs> just because you have a, a male and a female or partners in a movie, they don't need to hook up. Like, it that no. does not need to happen. They can work together and just be friends or be colleagues or whatever it is. You yeah. know, fight, fight the dystopian society. That little class thing and like, you know, yeah. go to go to ruin their their enemies. Early Saren keeps on getting more i'm gonna say it badass as we move on i'm like like, dude like you're like killing it she's seasoned now you know uh and then it was number five number five because i love lord of the rings like diehard lord of the rings fan but i put the fellowship of the ring because she's so comforting to me i love the i love middle earth and Tolkien and like um, the fellowship is just so fun. Cause it goes from like, look at all these fun places you can be in middle earth. And then like just transcends into like the full blown, like scary, like, Oh, now, now things are real. You know, like I, I love it. My cats are named after Lord of the Rings characters. So. I love it. That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. All right. We've got a few more questions. Who would you like to work with on a film? It can be anybody in history, you know, past, present. Um, who would you most like to work with and why? The first person that came to mind, there's two. 
it's so hard for me to pick one. I'm like, God, it's so hard. But first person that came to mind was Ridley Scott. Um, yeah, he. Considering you like, you know, Mad Max, I mean, and like, yeah. you, like I immediately think of like Blade Runner and, yeah. you know, all that. And, you know, he's yeah. got something new coming out too, like, um, like Raised by Wolves or something. Oh, I was just like, what is that? I was like, that looks yeah. amazing. He, you know, produces a lot of fun stuff now too. He's like behind a lot of projects that I like. And what I've learned about him from like behind the scenes stuff and just like hearing about him through, you know, the ripples of the industry. Like he is just phenomenally talented and cares so much about his crew. And that to me is so important, you know, as a leader, like a director needs to be someone that the rest of the crew can count on for like balance and, you know clairvoyance and just being able to bring people forward together and i think the film that really nailed that for me was the alien covenant film Mm -hmm. i love that movie so much and i was watching the behind the scenes and he will sit there every day at the top of the day and go through the pages they're going to shoot from the script and make sure each department has what they needs to nail it basically like he he gets like the green light from everyone and if there's not a green light he works with them until they're ready to go and then does their thing and you can see that like in all the films that he's made it's like everyone was ready to do their part and it came together seamlessly so he's someone i would love to work with yeah, you know, he's an he's an amazing director and you know, everybody thinks of like when you think Ridley Scott, you do think like dystopian, you know, Blade Runner all that stuff. But you know, my two favorite Ridley Scott films are like not that. Like I love Gladiator and I love freaking Legend. I will like preach for that forever. I'm like, I love that movie so much. I I look past Tom Cruise, but I love the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's it's funny. I I'm like, oh, of course, I would want to work with someone who makes like dystopian films because all of my all of my top five are like <laughs> <laughs> very like descent into madness, dystopian future. Like I'm like, yes, bring it on. <laughs> but to me, he uses cinematography in a way that you don't need the dialogue. It's all it's a very artful way of shooting film. Like you yeah. when you you see a Ridley Scott film you know you're seeing a Ridley Scott film. Like he has yeah. like a point of view that's very unique. And, yeah. you know, it's like, you never hear anything bad about him either. That's like the other thing. You'd like never hear anything bad. about. Ne- I've never heard anything bad about him as far as like people I know who have worked with him or know people that have worked with him. And I'm just like, that is so great. That is refreshing. Cause you always hear about these people who are talented, like Quentin Tarantino. But they're so yeah. it's like, we don't need any more of that. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> All right. Last question. Uh, there have been a ton of movie pins. We love our movie pins in the pinball industry. What film do you feel would make the best movie pin that hasn't been made yet? Like what, what would be yeah. your dream theme movie pin? <laughs> I don't, I didn't look this up in advance, but because I watched it last night, I want to say Mad Max Fury Road would make such a fun table. <laughs> you know what? There is not like, there is not, which I'm shocked. Like, I mean, yeah, you have, like, a lot of, like, like original title, like, stuff that's kind of different. But there is not, they didn't do one for Blade Runner. They didn't do one for Mad Max on Thunderdome. They didn't, like, they haven't done any of them. And I'm like, why not? That would be so fun. There could be, like, little war boys, like, on the table, you know. And, like, you know, you plunge and it's like you're trying to get the war rig across the desert. And, like, the more things you hit, like the more, uh, you know, little spiky cars are chasing after you. You know, there's like so many things you could do with a table like that that would be so fun. And the music would be awesome. The sound effects would be cool. I don't know. I know. I like it. I, I love it. Awesome. Come on, Bobby. Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Candice, again, thank you so much for being yeah, on the show today. Totally. I really appreciate it. For people who want to find about out about you and the magic that is Candice and your work, where can they go? Um, my website is a long mumble jumble thing, but you're going to post the link, right? I, I. Okay. So <laughs> go there. You have. It's. <laughs> I need to get a. I need to buy a domain, which uh, will happen very soon, but. Uh, on social media, it's 
uh, Candace underscore of underscore chiaroscuro, which means of dark and light. Um, in a it's very cool. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's my social media page. I post updates there about, you know, productions I'm working on or work that I have coming out. So, yeah, it's, that's the easiest way to follow me. All right, guys. And we'll include the social media links and we'll also include a link to uh, Candace's website. And um, again, Candace, thank you so much. Good luck with everything. Uh, good luck with the reality TV show. Uh, and good luck with all of the stuff that you're creating here. And again, um, I love the, the Babes documentary. Thank you so much for for highlighting like my love of pinball, and then not only that, but women in pinball. Um, it was it was very much a bright spot during this COVID time. I'm so glad. Yeah. It, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, Candace's lovely partner has been trying to make her breakfast this whole time. You may hear parts of this. <laughs> It's funny. <laughs> it's really funny. I don't, I don't know if we'll leave it in or not, but I think it's hilarious. But <laughs> uh, but uh, listeners, again, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed getting to know Candice. If you'd like to find out more about what's going on in the world of Backbox Pinball Podcast, you can go to the website, backboxpinballpodcast.com. If you want to have a comment, witticism, whatever, send me an email. Uh, backboxpinballpodcast at gmail.com. I had to remember my own email there for a second. And uh, and I want to uh, do two quick shout outs. One, um, thank you guys so much for your lovely uh, comments and for all of the great reviews on Apple Podcasts. I'm always nervous. I'm not real big on looking at my podcast like numbers and stuff when it comes to like reviews. I'm like, oh no. But I was like, oh, I'm like 4.5, y'all. I'm so happy. Was, like, and, and like the way comments were like nice. I'm like, Thanks guys. This is awesome. Yeah, it was super nice. So I wanted to say as a, as a family, thank you backbox pinball podcast family. And also I have to, I hope he's listening. So Gorgar six, six, six on pin side. I believe your name is Dave. You made my friend Matt and Tina who are the host of family games on Twitch. I I somehow came up in conversation. I don't know how, but I came up in conversation and he's a fan. He's like, yeah, I listened to all of Lauren's podcasts. I'm like, I have a random fan. And I was like, and they had a moment. I just like, they called me and I'm driving from Dallas in the car. And they're like, Lauren, we met one of your fans. Like while we were trying to buy a pinball machine. I'm like, what? It was great. So Dave, Gorgar666 on Pinside. Thank you very much. We, you made my day and their day. We had a, a whole trip about it. So thank you. And uh, one more uh, foot stomp for Patreon guys. If you want your very own Backbox Pinball Podcast, Glitter Pin is super awesome. Or you a sticker for your car sign up and be a supporter on Patreon. It's super awesome. $5 nightlight level. Um, Again, guys, thank you guys so much for taking us with you. Thank you for your support. There is some super cool stuff going down this month in pinball. And I, I, I got an in. I can't tell you. I signed some papers. But seriously, more stuff to come. It's going to be super awesome. I'm so excited to take you guys along. It's going to be great. Um, again, guys, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And keep flipping. Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To get pinball fun delivered to you every week, subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on Apple Podcasts. To look at show notes and more, visit our website at backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Thanks for taking us with you, and keep flipping!